Jesus, the life transforming seed. The gospel has the power to transform our lives, our hearts. The gospel has the power to transform our families. The gospel has the power to transform our neighborhood. The gospel has the power to transform our city. The gospel has the power to transform our nation. The gospel has the power to transform the world. And the gospel has the power to transform the whole of creation. And through this parable, Jesus is teaching us how he can change our hearts and lives. That's what we are going to see today. Uh, let's rise to our feet for the scripture reading taken from the gospel according to Mark chapter 4 verses 1 to 20. Gospel according to Mark chapter 4 verses 1 to 20. At a couple of places as we go through this, I'll be just drawing your attention because we are not uh, going verse by verse in the sermon. Uh, this is a very familiar passage and because it is familiar, it becomes all the more difficult for us to understand this. <clears throat> again, Mark chapter 4, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen. Please underline that word, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Mark this sentence. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, Everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, 
they might turn and be forgiven then jesus said to them don't you understand this parable how then will you understand any parable mark these words don't you understand this parable how then will you understand any parable the farmer sows the word some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown as soon as they hear it satan comes and takes away the seed that was sown in them others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it <coughs> with joy but since they have no root they lost only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word making it unfruitful others like seed sown on good soil hear the word accept it produce a crop 30 60 or even a hundred times what was sown this is god's word let's look to the lord in prayer glorious father may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight spirit of god minister to each one of us there is life in the word of god i pray lord today that life will enter into us more and more we hunger for you and we are thirsty for you reveal yourself to us master we bless your name in jesus name we pray amen kindly be seated jesus parables they do not teach some general religious truths if you carefully read all his parables you know they always strongly proclaim you know the message related to the kingdom of god all the parables the focus is the kingdom of god so the main point of this parable is what happens to the seed as it falls on four different types of soils jesus christ says that my gospel is like a seed my gospel is like a seed and if you receive it as a seed and if you understand it as a seed and you work on it as a seed that will transform your life jesus could have chosen any image for that but he has chosen the image of seed because the gospel has power big the c2 has power because the gospel releases its power the c2 releases its power and the weakness of the gospel is its power seed is not very strong it is very weak so in short what jesus is saying is the gospel has power the gospel releases its power the weakness of the gospel is its 
power. So let's see each points, you know, each point one by one, all these three points. You know, the first point is the gospel has power. You know, the gospel message is all about who Jesus is. Who Jesus is and what he came to do. Because when you read the gospel of Mark, the very first verse, you know, in other gospels you find all, you know, Paul, uh, the servant of Christ, the epistles, that's all you read. In Mark 1.1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. The beginning of the good news. It's good news of the Messiah, of the Son of God. That is the good news. That's how he begins the gospel. So in this parable, Jesus likens the good news, the word of God, to a seed because like a seed, gospel has power. You know, we all know the word of God as power because we know that as we open the Bible, you know, in the very first page, when we open, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God just spoke and it happened. You know, you and I, we don't have that power. If I said this mobile should be, you know, it should go from here, it will not go. Somebody has to come and take or I should take and give it. So God's word is not like that. God says, let there be light. There was light. The power was there. And we are all aware of the creative power of God. But Bible also talks about the recreative power of God. It is not only the word of God as creative power, it has recreative power. You know, if you see in James chapter 1, verse 18, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. We were dead and he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. In Peter, Peter writes in 1 Peter 1.23, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. We all were dead. Before we came to Christ, we were dead. And it is the word of God which made us alive, which gave us that life. So the word of God not only has creative power, it has recreative power. We all have, I hope all of us have experienced the second birth. So the gospel has power. Now what James, Jesus, James and Peter is saying is, of course the gospel is information. You open the gospel of Mark and you read, we just read the word of God. What is that? It is just information. We take another book and we read. If we take a, a computer book, we read. It is information. Of course it is information. But, you know, it has power. It has information. You know, computer book doesn't have power. But this book has power. It is like a seed. The gospel has power. And that's why Jesus likens the, the gospel to a seed. 
you know for example you know even our children they won't do it we don't take a piece of stone or we don't take a piece of glass bury it fertilize it and put water even our children won't do it why because it has no biological life but it is not the case with a seed because you take a seed you sow it you fertilize it you put water and you keep looking for something to happen in that why because seed has power gospel has power gospel has the life of a seed that's what jesus is telling it has got spiritual life the word of god has got spiritual life in it you know the understanding of the gospel releases the very life of god in us it is this it is through this word the very life of god enters our life enters into our life when that happens when this spiritual life becomes a reality in our life we can then we talk about the father's love the father's love you know the inheritance of god's holy people the redemption the resurrection and our heavenly citizenship they all become real to us when this seed starts producing that life all these things all these blessings they become true to us what you see in i'm real to you it is in the same way all these blessings become real in our life the seed has the power to do that how do we know that we could have believed the gospel all our life we could have read the gospel we could have read the bible several times we could have read it and it could still be only an intellectual information it could be only in our mind that's all the gospel we know gospel we know all the steps how to be saved 1 2 3 but the gospel is only an information we know god is a god of love we know god is a creator god but it is only an information but when that seed becomes alive especially in times of crisis you know in times of crisis father's love becomes real to you in times of crisis god becomes real to you in times of failure god's comfort is so real to you in times of need the provision of god becomes real to you has it happened to you or is it happening to you it's an ongoing process we can 
examine ourselves. The seed has power. There is nothing wrong with the seed. The seed has power. But is that seed growing in us? We realize when we have really failed in our life, we have really messed up with our life. We have experienced criticism from others. Or if there is a break in our relationship, is God's love real to you in those times? Is God's love so real to you in those times? That's what Jesus is saying. The gospel has power. When that gospel enters our hearts, we will experience this change. I said gospel is information. We have it in our mind. But when it starts impacting, working in our hearts, it has life. It is an organic growth. You don't expect a seed. You sow a seed and the next day you don't expect a plant. To see a plant. It grows gradually. You know the gospel of Jesus makes us less focused on ourselves. Less self-centered. When the gospel of Jesus grows in us it makes us stronger. It makes us tougher. It makes us more sensitive. It makes us more humble. It makes us more generous. It makes us more confident. It makes us more loving. It makes us more forgiving. That is the gospel. Has it happened to you? Or is it happening to you? The gospel has power. That is the reason Paul, writing to the Romans church, he said in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Paul didn't say, gospel has the power of God. Paul didn't say, the gospel will release God's power. Paul says, it is the power of God. That information that you have in your mind is the power of God. God's life comes into you through the gospel. It is the power of God. Is the gospel alive in us? It is altogether a higher order of life when this happens. It's a higher order of life. God wants to take us altogether a different realm. In that realm, the blessings of God become a reality. God's love, God's compassion, God's care, God's provision, God's forgiveness, everything becomes a reality. And that happens with the gospel. And that's the reason Jesus likens the gospel to that of a seed. The gospel has power 
and not only it has power the gospel releases its power the gospel releases its power the gospel message releases god's power in a way a seed does now how does a seed release its power it's a very common understanding we all know how a seed germinates children study in their uh, school how a seed germinates the germination of seed the seed releases its power by going in deep that's how the seed releases its power if you remember the promise was we had for the year 2021 from isaiah chapter 27 6 it said in days to come jacob will take root israel will bud and blossom and fill all the world with fruit this seed has to take root it has to take root in this parable there are three types of soil and all those three types of soil they don't produce the desired growth we all know this parable you know in every case it is the root problem it is the depth problem in days to come jacob will take root in all these three soil if you see, if you read it is basically the root problem it is the depth problem you know the first seed fell on the road it didn't even enter the soil so the first seed no root the second seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants withered because they had no root the bible clearly says because they had no root the third seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain this seed goes in deep but it goes in deep at the same level of thorns listen to this carefully it goes in deep the seed the root goes in deep but the root only goes in deep at the same level as the thorns what does it shows it shows that other concerns of the world are more important as that of gospel it is at the same level so the other concerns and if you read the scripture it will talk about you know worries it will talk about money it will talk about desires you know uh, all these things they choke the plant you know the, the, that's the way the interpretation you know the, the worries of life the money and the desires they choke the life okay so if we come from the military uh, field we 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 are very familiar with wmd weapons of mass destruction worries money desires they are just like weapons of mass destruction if we don't know how to handle it they will destroy us but when we sow a seed we expect it to germinate and to grow and to produce 
fruit. The growth is gradual. It's not today I sow a seed and tomorrow I'll find the fruit. It's going to take. So similarly, when we hear the gospel, that's why I said, Jesus says, listen. When we listen to the gospel, when we hear, listen, understand it, meditate on it, apply it over and over and over and over, we find this growth. It is not I open the Bible or I read, I understood. No. I read it. I listen to it. I meditate on it. I work on it. I apply to my life. And I apply on to my life over and over and over and over again. Then the root goes deep and deeper. And then the plant, the seed starts growing. You see the, you know, the plant coming out. And then you see the fruit of it. Remember, the gospel is not something that does to us without us. The gospel is not something that does to us without us. If we are desire, if we desire God's life in us, it's not going to come on its own. It will not fall on its own. The gospel is there, but we have to work with it. We have to work with it. It will be very nice you know, if I stand here and say, you pray, everything is going to happen. You know, God's life will just come into your life. It's nice. It may be true to some extent, but it's not totally true. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need God's help at every stage. I'm not undermining the power of prayer, but if, if the gospel is like a seed, then that we need to take care of the soil where the root goes deep and deeper and that is the way God's life comes into our life. And that is the way we understand this is not a storybook. This is real. God is real. God who created the heavens and the earth is real. God's love is real. God came in search of us. It's real. God died for us on the cross is real. He shed his blood only for me. That is real. And he is alive. And resurrection is real. They are not stories. They are real. That's what, that's what happens. Now, gospel changes us from inside out. It changes us. Not only our external. Now what I have seen in my own life and in the ministry as I study and I reflect what's happening, in many Christian families, we have been brought up in a moralistic tradition. It may not be in your case, but what I have observed is in many homes, many families, we have been brought up in a moralistic tradition. What do I mean by this? How do we correct our children? Don't do this. 
God will not bless you. How do we correct our children? I don't know if you've heard or not. A common thing. Don't do this. You know, God will be angry with you. What are we trying to do? We are appealing to the will of our children. We are appealing to the will of our children. Listen to this carefully. We are only trying to correct their behavior. Of course, Christianity is a moralistic religion. I am not undermining that. Christianity is a moralistic religion, but it is much more higher than the moralistic religion. Christianity is altogether different. You compare all the world religions and you will understand Christianity is unique. What is unique? If we are only standing at the level of moralistic tradition, we can compare with other religions. Have you not heard have you not heard parents saying, don't speak like that in front of them? Have you not heard? Think about it. We are all products of this culture, this society. How dare you say that in front of them? What are we trying to do? We are appealing basically to the external behavior, to the will. That's what is known as moralistic tradition. Listen to this carefully. We call our church as a gospel-centered church. So we need to understand this gospel very, very clearly. The gospel message transforms our hearts. You know, I've heard many pastors, okay, they preach very well. Then I've also heard about them being abusive pastors. Okay? The, you know, I'm, I, as a pastor, I can talk about pastors. So, what's happening here? Don't they know the Bible? They know the Bible. Okay? But the gospel has not entered into their hearts. It is the gospel which transforms our hearts. It, the gospel penetrates into our very core and it works there. Now, a pastor is simply talking from the society. So it's very difficult to accept that example. So let me go back to the word of God. And I'm sure if I quote something from this book, at least we will consider that. Okay, let me give you an illustration about how gospel transforms us. In, if you read the book of the epistle of Galatians, when you come to chapter 2, you have an very interesting incident. You know, the two apostles are in conflict. You know, sometimes people are surprised husband and wife are in conflict. Okay. The two apostles themselves are in conflict. Paul and Peter, they're in conflict. There is, there is something happening in, the, in this place. What was happening? You know, this, this conflict is taking place in Antioch. You can go and read that chapter in detail. You know, they're having a, literally they're having a fight. Two apostles fighting. Why? Because Peter regularly used to eat with the Gentiles. Okay. But when some Jews, they came from Jerusalem, Peter not only stopped eating with them, 
but he maintained a safe distance from them because of fear not that word because of fear you know from the early childhood it has been drilled into peter's mind you are a jew you are of a pure race gentiles are unclean it has been drilled right from his childhood now paul notices this hypocrisy you know paul could have um, corrected peter in many ways okay like we correct our children which i gave you the example you know paul could have corrected peter in many ways he could have just looked at peter peter what you are doing is not right okay peter would have stopped doing that he could have done that peter you are not a good example in this place i can assure you peter would have changed that after all we want approval from others no if paul had said peter you are not a good example you know he would have uh, that he would have changed but paul doesn't do that if peter uh, paul had just said peter you are not a good example peter would have stopped doing it but it would not removed his fear his fear was still there what he had learned it was still there in his mind so it would not have removed his fear now if paul had used that approach it would have changed his behavior but it would not have changed his heart do you agree with that gospel changes our hearts now how does paul approach peter here he is not using our moralistic tradition how paul approaches peter you know in galatians chapter 2 verses 15 to 16 we jews know that we have no advantage of birth over non jewish sinners we know very well that we are not set right with god by rule keeping but only through personal faith in jesus christ how do we know we tried it and we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen convinced that no human being can please god by self improvement we believed in jesus as the messiah so that we might be set right before god by trusting in the messiah not by trying to be good it doesn't mean that we receive the gospel and we don't care what we do because whatever we do it is because of the inner transformation that takes place in our heart peter stopped doing it and peter hereafter not only stopped doing that when paul confronted peter like this you know it not only it changed his heart it removed his fear he didn't care whether jews are coming 
whether James himself is coming from Jerusalem, it didn't matter. Because he knew he was saved by the radical grace of God. It is by the radical grace. It doesn't matter what the society thinks. I know what God thinks. I have been saved by the radical grace of God. Not because he was a Jew he was saved. It is the blood of Jesus that saved him. Has that gospel gone deep down into us? When the gospel goes deep down, now all this, you know, we, we come from India, so we are very familiar with caste system and uh, we think how to abolish caste. We can, if you do like this, it's not going to happen. Only gospel can abolish all this evil because here it is racism. You know, Peter thought he was a Jew, he was superior. The moment you think you are superior, you make somebody else inferior. The moment you think you are of a higher caste, you need to have somebody from lower caste. Otherwise, you are never at a higher caste. You have to look down on others. It is the gospel which treats all of us equally. We have all been washed by the blood of Jesus. You know, that is why when people from different states, different language group, from different ethnicity, from different background, from different educational background, poor, rich, when we come and worship, even the heaven is amazed. Heaven is amazed. How has this happened? How has this happened? That is the power of the gospel. Now, have we as believers really worked the gospel deep down into our lives? Have we worked? It's not going to happen on its own. Have we really worked deep down into our lives? That is how it gives life. God's life increases. Lord, you increase. I should decrease. Yes. But we have to work. We have to push that gospel deep down and down and down. The deeper the root goes, God's life increases in us. We have to keep working on it. The more deeper it goes, the more of God's life we will experience. How deep is our gospel root? How deep is our gospel root? Do you stand amazed at his grace? Do you stand amazed at his grace? I'm surprised, you know, at this old age I get time to reflect. I'm surprised I'm even a Christian. Even that God could come after me. Holy God. I'm surprised. I'm even a Christian when I see his grace. Shall we rise to our feet and sing this song? Amazing grace. Amazing grace. You know, P Paul told Peter about that amazing grace. And that's what brought that transformation. And are we surprised about that amazing grace?
we saw that gospel has power the gospel releases its power and we come to the final point the weakness of the gospel is its power the weakness of the gospel is its power you know as i said earlier jesus doesn't use the image of a you know the double edged sword we have in the book of hebrews you could have used the double edged sword or he could have used fire or he could have used some rock hammer anything but he used the image of a seed you know you drop a mustard seed and how many of you look for that one mustard seed you don't even care for that seed it is so small tiny and jesus is using that as an image you know in the parable three out of four soils reject the power of the seed that's the problem they reject the power of the seed in the gospel of mark you know if you read chapter 1 chapter 1 is all about the baptism of jesus calling of the disciples and miracles miracles are happening and if you read chapter 2 we see pharisees opposing jesus that's what we see in chapter 2 and in chapter 3 it is jesus own family who say that he is out of his mind and in chapter 4 we have this parable now when mark wrote this gospel he didn't have chapter number verse number his writing okay so the he didn't have this division so if you are reading this gospel as we come 1 2 3 4 and we come to this so what we see is the first soil represents the teachers of the law you know who are fari who were pharisees they rejected jesus like a seed they just rejected jesus like a seed that fell on the road they rejected the second soil represents the large crowd who are all excited about the message of Je- about jesus not about the message of jesus they are excited about jesus because they really want miracles in their lives they want blessings they want miracles they want their needs to be met that is the crowd they are excited they are happy with jesus so long as you feed us so long as you keep removing all the problems from our lives we are fine with you we are happy with you but they are like seed that fell on the rocky places the third soil represents his own family <clears throat> i said the third seed it just the root goes only to that same level as the thorns it is just up to the worldly what uh, the same level as what the world thinks it's the world view it's the same world view here the family is also you know it they are behaving in the same way you know they are concerned they are saying he is out of his mind why because people around them are saying see your son he is like this he is like that so they are more concerned about that so they come and they say they want to take jesus from them they are more concerned about what the world thinks that's the reason why they are coming and they are saying 
you know they have the, the your brothers and mother have come to take you if you read chapter 3 they basically they are looking for people's approval and we are in a tradition we look more for people's approval than for god's approval what people will say about me you know how can you speak in front of them why why you can't speak what will they think about you if something is wrong whether they are there or not there you are not supposed to speak approval people's approval becomes paramount in our lives we are terribly shaken what people will think oh this has happened you know it's 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 almost like cancer you know when i told people i have multiple myeloma people they took two steps back i i keep telling them you know and people take two steps back they are so scared fearful and now if i want people's approval i'll say i only had little fever people's approval you are looking for people's approval that's what the third soil they are looking for people's approval they are like seed among thorns in all these cases people respond to jesus for what they can get what jesus can do for them jesus will give me this admission jesus will give me this ticket that's how they are all responding jesus is surrounded by people who want miracles but they don't want him they are not interested in his message let's be very clear about it they are not interested in his message it is against this background you know whenever we read this passage we are all troubled by these verses it is against this background jesus is quoting from isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 which we find in mark chapter 4 10 to 12 when he was alone the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables he told them so the secret of the kingdom of god has been given to you but to those on the outside everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding otherwise they might turn and be forgiven now do you understand all these three groups of people they are only seeing they are not able to perceive it so jesus is it's only the disciples and few others they come to jesus and they are asking jesus please explain to us about this parable they are the people who represent the fourth soil they are serving god for who god is not because what they can get from god they just want to be in the presence of god because for who god is and who what he has done for us that is the fourth soil now this is a familiar passage how do you apply this passage it's important this parable is very important how do we produce 30 60 and 100 fold harvest in our lives how do we do that it is only the fourth soil which produces 30 60 and 100 fold harvest only when we acknowledge that jesus is that 
ultimate life transforming seed only when we acknowledge that you know we will be able to produce 30 60 and 100 fold harvest jesus said in john 12 24 very truly i tell you unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds jesus is the ultimate life transforming seed what happened in the garden of gethsemane jesus cried out to the father take this cup away from me jesus cried out to the father take this cup away from me and the answer from heaven was my life cannot be released into them unless you become a seed and go into the ground and die i said the seed brings god's life into us how does god's life come into our life how does god's life flow into our very being my life god's life cannot come into my life unless jesus dies for me not for the world for me for me the voice from heaven said my life cannot be released unto them unless you jesus become a seed and go into the ground and die that is the gospel gospel is the power to transform us and jesus said no i will not go and die jesus did that for you and me he did that for you and me he became weak so that we can become strong unless we are captivated by the beauty of his weakness in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god unless we are captivated by the beauty of jesus and what he did for us unless the sacrifice of jesus becomes personal to us it is okay to have the mental information it's okay but unless it becomes personal jesus died for me yeah he died for the world but unless i come to that place of realization he died for me for me for my sins unless you are surprised that you you are a christian unless you understand that what he has done for us so when the gospel of jesus becomes our controlling reality then transformation takes place how does transformation takes place you know what others will say now others are controlling my behavior do you realize the society around what they will think we cannot do like this what they will think they are the controlling reality in my life but when the gospel enters my heart he becomes the controlling reality what jesus has done for me i can forgive anyone because of the forgiveness i have received from him 
I can give generously because he has been generous to me. I can love even people who don't deserve to be loved because he has loved me unconditionally. When that becomes the controlling reality of your hearts, gospel is changing you. And it is only then we need, we can produce a 30, 60 and 100 fold harvest. We are not looking for approval from others. You know, you read about Indian developmental psychology. You don't have to read. The scripture tells everything. You know, most of the time, we do things because of what people think about us. In Indian society, it's like that. In the American society, they don't care what the people think about them. They're only thinking about themselves. Both the things are wrong. It is the gospel which changes us, which gives us the balance to take us in the middle path. Gospel transforms us. We don't want power so that we can show to others we are big people. You know, if you have been in the village, there are some people, I think in Karnataka, they call them as Gaudas. When Gaudas walk, that means they, you know, they are showing some powers. They are powerful people in the society. How can you do this? They are powerful. But once gospel enters your life, you don't use the power to show that you are superior. You use that power to serve others. That is why Jesus said, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, we can understand this gospel and you know, make it a very, understand it in a very simplistic way, saying that, oh, my soil is either good soil or it is like a road. But we all have the four layers of soil. We have the four layers of soil within our hearts. You know, when we, it's like when we go to the, our workplace, we don't care about the principles of biblical Bible. We don't care. When we enter into a business establishment, we don't care. It's all about my profit. You see, that is the seed that fell on the road. And... We can be like that seed that fell on the rocky places. Yeah, I have a need. I need healing. So I need Jesus. Then we can also be like others. You know, what the world will think. So I need Jesus. Oh Lord, do something. What others will think about me. You have to do something. What others will think about me. I don't care what you think about me. I'm more concerned about what others are thinking about me. It is the fourth soil, Lord, you have already done what is required to be done for me. I am in your presence only because you became that ultimate seed and you were crushed and you were pushed down into that earth and you rose again. You became that ultimate seed. I don't care what happens. I don't care what you are going to do or not care. I will still serve you because what you did for me. Have we come to a place where we can push that gospel down and down and down till it reaches the fourth soil? Otherwise, we can go out of this place. I am not like that first soil. I am not like the second soil. We all exhibit one share of the soil 
in different places, in different circumstances. We are all growing in Christianity. We are all growing. So it's okay to have the four shades of soil, but we need to realize as we are growing in Christ, we need to push the seed little more deep, little more deep, little more deep, little more deep, till it reaches the fourth soil in our heart, and that fills our heart. That is how gospel transforms our very being. Every area in my personal life, in my relationship, in my devotional life, in my professional life, in my society, everywhere push that gospel little down. Push that seed little down, little down, little down, little down. Push it, push it, till that becomes the controlling reality of your heart. And you automatically do things because now the gospel has entered at the fourth level. You are able to forgive, you are able to love, you are able to be sensitive, you are able to be compassionate because the seed has gone deep down. The gospel has gone deep down. Gospel changes our hearts. Gospel transforms us. Now when it transforms us, it transforms our families. When it transforms our families, it transforms our neighborhood. When it transforms our neighborhood, it transforms our city. When it transforms our city, our country is transformed. The world is transformed. The entire creation is renewed. And that's how gospel works. Gospel transforms. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Glorious Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you have kept for us. Lord Jesus, you came from heaven so that God's life can flow into our hearts, into our very being. The life of the eternal God, the holy God, the almighty God, the merciful Father can flow into our hearts, into our very being, O oh Lord. We are so grateful to you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice you made for us. You became that ultimate seed who was crushed. And Lord, you went deep down into the earth so that we can produce 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest in the kingdom of God. Lord, we cry out to you. Let the root go deep and deeper within us. Let this message go deep and deeper within us. Let the root within us go deep and deeper, O oh Lord. We are hungry for you. We look to you. Minister to each one of us. O oh God, let your spiritual life be a controlling reality in our life. Let the life of God become real to us. Draw us closer to you, Master. Transform us, we cry out to you. Transform us. Thank you for being a loving God. For being such a patient God. For being a forgiving God. God who has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and who has brought us into the kingdom of light, his son. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.